Hey Amy, it's um, Sunday night here in Austin. I think it's May 3rd. Thanks so much for your last letter. I was running through my neighborhood while listening to it and felt very close to you. It's it's pretty hard to record these letters. I, I always get kind of nervous beforehand. And um, I agree that whenever I finish one letter, there are three others inside of me that I'd like to send your way. But I'm starting to feel that our pauses in our recordings, the way our voices change throughout a letter, or the difficulties that we may have in finding the right word or expl explanation is kind of part of this project and part of the process. It's almost like sometimes I can hear you think, and I like that. So this is just to say don't, don't worry too much about it. I also think the break in between our letters make me more aware of how I'm spending my days. And maybe these notes that we're taking will be used for other things like essays, poems, lists, or smut literature. Who knows, Amy? <laughs> um, yeah, I like the transitions and connections you made between the furniture, your family, and the religious aspects of your upbringing. I had to look up what a dry sink is. And it's funny, your last le um, uh, just last week, I found a small plastic statue of Virgin Mary that my mother gave to me when I was little, and uh, now it's on the cabinet next to my desk. A few years ago, I went through this phase where I was collecting Virgin Marys at flea markets and kind of built little kind of like art projects where I put them in boxes or I framed them. It's kind of hard to explain, but I, I'll send you a picture. So for this one, I found um, a small box um, that I painted black, and outside the box, um, I put pictures of the woods, and the Virgin Mary is inside the box, and she wears a little disco ball around her neck. If that can be a way to describe my belief or faith, it's just that box. Or maybe it's the blurred lines between agnosticism and atheism. There were a lot of things that weren't explained to me when I was little, and one of them was why there was a framed picture of Pope John Paul II on a windowsill outside my bedroom. I was always like, why is this Mother Tucker always watching me? And of course, I immediately tied it to shame. So, yes, Paradise Rot is very icky, in, but in the most wonderful way. And I agree, it definitely reminds me of kind of teen ickiness, which for me was to discover or rediscover your bodily fluids. Like, I remember being a teenager, maybe 14 or 15, and taking pictures of my own nosebleed, or being so aware and self-aware of smells and being mortified of certain distinct smells that my body made. So many aspects in the book also remind me of the opposite of a woman who is considered put together, a phrase that I've hated all my life, probably because I've never felt put together. And I forgot to mention in my last letter, but the book also reminded me of Wetlands by Charlotte Roche, which had a huge impact on me, speaking of smells and the many different layers of the female smell. It's funny you mentioned the English title Paradise Rot because the Norwegian original is called Per la Bruggeriet, 
which alludes to the brewery um, and the imagery of the pearls towards the end of the book. Um, and there, there may be more that I've missed in the translation. Um, I think the t- Swedish title is Kokong, um, Cocoon, and all three are, are pretty great titles, but I kind of like that the English chose not to include the idea and image of, of a brewery, because that was all a big surprise to me when reading the book, and I appreciated that. After reading something quite good, I tend to go into a kind of reading slump or get like reader's block where I can't quite decide what I should read next. And it takes me a while before I can fully focus on a new book. So uh, I ordered a few new books through Bookwoman in Austin. Uh, one of them was The True Deceiver by Tova Janssen. Although I realized I'm not quite sure why I ordered it in English because I can read it in Swedish. But anyway, I'll get it in Swedish too and um, you know, it'll get here in three months. So to be continued. Um, and in the meantime, I'll just read the English. Um, but anyway, so while I was waiting for those books to arrive, I've I've just mainly been listening to music and podcasts and watching a few movies. We continued our Francophile cinema experience and watched Synonyms, which is um, directed by Nadav Lapid. I'm not sure if you would like it, but I thought it was it was pretty fantastic. It's it's so wild and funny and shot in a way that feels very original. Just thinking about storytelling and the unfolding of a story in a movie was, it's, it's just brilliant cinema, the way he did it. It's also about identity, language, masculinity, trauma, and contradictions. I guess I should warn you too that the main character's penis plays a um, pretty significant role in the movie, um, but overall the the actor, Tony Mercier, is... is, is He's incredible. I've been thinking a lot about time and memories and reflection and how I'm trying to slow things down to better process what's going on in my life. For example, another memory that I missed mentioning in my last letter is of me picking confetti out of your hair on my wedding day. Do you remember? We were at Eddie and the Wolf in the East Village and you told me to just leave them there. I've also been thinking a lot about how I play a key role in my daughter's memories and that I'm responsible for making sure that they are good. It's it's not really something that was part of my thinking when I decided to have a kid. Maybe that's naive of me, but now this thought is with me all the time. And it comes pretty naturally, but it's also a bit exhausting. And yeah, the idea of being unanchored and unbelonging when you're in a permanent state of exile feels very relatable. It's close to home. I remember for the longest time one of my relatives kept asking me when I was going to move back home to Sweden. They didn't quite get why I was always living abroad in these big cities and thought that I was running away from something. I vividly remember telling her that I wasn't running away. I mean, I know I probably was in the beginning, but eventually I was running towards myself or what I wanted for myself. And that felt like a big distinction for me. So anyway, I've been listening to Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and it's it's brilliant. 
she's just such a great lyricist and I so appreciate that she's still around making music because she's only like seven years older than me and sometimes I feel like authors or musicians kind of idols that I still follow from when I was young there's something pitiful about them like they've either sold out or disappeared both of which are totally fine but it's comforting when you can continue to connect with someone's artwork kind of makes this whole thing called aging less less pitiful you know I also really like that she's kind of kooky don't you think she's kind of kooky I mean she doesn't have any social media presence which is also again very fine um and I read that she sends selfies and videos of herself to this Tumblr fan page, which is, by the way, called FionaAppleRocks.tumblr.com. And if you watch a few of her videos, she usually, I mean, she makes sense, but she's, she's definitely kind of one of a kind. I guess I just appreciate that she didn't turn out um, to be an it girl because it girls just fade, right? And she's not put together. She's never put together, and I love that. So um, I was thinking of reading to you the last two verses verses from the song Fetch the Bolt Cutters, um, and I just took it from a, a website. Um, so I'm guessing it's... I'm hoping it's... Um, accurate but I haven't double checked it against the, the song quite yet but it, it feels accurate anyway here it goes while I'd not yet found my bearings those it girls hit the ground comparing the way I was to the way she was saying I'm not stylish enough and I cry too much and I listened because I hadn't found my own voice yet so all I could hear was the noise that people make when they don't know shit, but I didn't know that yet. I grew up in the shoes they told me I could fill. When they came around, I would stand real still. A girl can roll her eyes at me and kill. I got the idea I wasn't real. I thought being blacklisted would be grist for the mill. Until I realized I'm still here, I'm still here. I grew up in the shoes they told me I could fill. Shoes that were not made for running up that hill. And I need to run up that hill. I need to run up that hill. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Amy, I look forward to reading your crime and punishment smut lesbian fanfiction. So please keep me posted. And um, yeah, I also really like sharing books between friends just because I feel both closer to them and you know something about as if they're they're talking to me through the books as well it's just kind of like a lovely way to to be in touch so let's keep doing that okay i love you take good care bye